Because basically it's like front loading your body with oxygen. Okay. Woohoo! <laughs> We've never done that at the beginning of an episode. I know. Before. That was like really like very <laughs> meditative. And I'm like even more zen. So who knows? You may have to carry the whole podcast. No, today. it's supposed to be energizing. Energizing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We'll, see in about well, we might five as well start the then. We can talk about how I just made you do breathing exercises with me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. <laughs> I this is going to be a punchy one. Yes, very punchy because I accidentally got a little tipsy before the episode. Like, and well, not I, accidentally, like accidentally on purpose. And I just am recording at five o'clock in the morning as usual. And for some reason feel more tired than normal. But I just made Esther do a bunch of breathing <laughs> exercises with me. It's supposed to be energizing, but I feel like more oxygen has gotten to my brain. So therefore I'm just a little bit more sleepy. So we'll see how this goes. Oh, this may be interesting. interesting yeah. It's like the, it's breathing in f- slowly for six seconds and then breathing out really quickly for two. And it's supposed to be energizing. I find it useful but okay i just made esther more tired <laughs> i'm just like oh i'm so relaxed now like this is like woo. no i like could not drive myself out of bed and then one of the things that i was doing to distract myself was reading like a 65 comment thread about what the birth control situations were in dairy girls that netflix oh, show Have yeah you yeah the it? netflix show about in ireland right it's Northern ireland? so yeah. fucking funny it's like yes. one of my favorite shows ever but i was like i don't care why am <laughs> i reading all these it's like in the past, technically <laughs> And also, like, you know that they didn't have a whole bunch of children in the show because then they'd have to cast a whole bunch of children. Yep. Like, it's easier if they just all are, like, have siblings that aren't on screen. But I ended up reading all 65 comments. Wow. And only one person brought that up. Everybody else was, like, talking about actual birth control methods for Catholics in Ireland in the 90s. Everyone's taking it way too seriously. Yeah. So... I was like, this is not a good use of your time. You need to wake up and make coffee. <laughs> Aww. But anyway, I think that this is going to be a really fun episode because both of us like this deck so much. And also for almost every single favorite card, I want to read something from the book about it too. Oh, really? Because I only chose one thing to read because I was like, this is going to be overwhelming for everyone if I read like every single favorite. So I'll try to resist I'm sh- the urge but to read I'm sure every that we will single... have overlaps because that's how yeah. I think like this with this deck, I think we're going to have a lot of overlaps. So I think so too. Well, it's your turn to pick the card of the day. Let's do this. Okay. So that we can get a move on and not <clears throat> subject people to us being wacky for hours. You know, we're going to be wacky in the middle of it anyway, so they're just going to have to yeah, endure exactly. it later. So. Exactly. So today I'm using the Borderless Rider Waite Smith, the Centennial Edition. Not the Centennial Edition, the Centennial Edition, the bigger version. <laughs> Wait. What? You can buy the bigger version of that deck? No, it's just, it's just like the Borderless. It's just the general oh, Borderless. Oh, okay, they just call okay. the Centennial. So it's really? not actually. Yeah, yeah. They just call the Mine Centennial. Mine is just called Borderless. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it essentially the same color scheme, like across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the same color scheme as the miniature one, but mine doesn't say anything about that. It just says borderless. Really? Because they because well, cool. they have the whole package, like the the book set with it, is that called the Centennial Edition? It's just this deck plus oh. a book about Pamela. 
Interesting. So yeah, I must have just only bought the deck version. Yeah, cool though. I, I do love yeah. the colors in that. I do too, and I haven't been like drawn to it recently. Like any kind of RWS, like not that I've been rejecting it, but it's just kind of been like it's you not have too like many options. nuanced, and there's not many options. But like all of a sudden, like someone else used it like a couple days ago, and I was like, huh, like thinking that like last really night at midnight, pretty. I was like, huh, I kind of really want to pull that one back out. So that's yeah, what you all get today. Well, and also once you have so many decks, like the old reliables just become less of a thing that you're drawn to. Okay, so our card of the day is the Ten of Cups. Look at us oh, getting yay. the Ten of Cups today. <laughs> How many cups just, of sake did you have I know. Today? <laughs> like five and then a glass <laughs> okay. of wine. So it's fine. <laughs> I've had ten cups today. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's okay. Sake is very small cupped. It is very small cupped, but it's also powerful. So I'm really just like warm and happy inside, just like family. No, I know. And we haven't had very many tens recently I know. so we i haven't had that, very many like happy cards so i'm just well we you know what happened that. our friend salt and shadow tarot did a review of our deck on her uh, like for indie deck review for, yeah for indie deck review which she started she's a brilliant beautiful genius yes and a wildling hey girl yeah <laughs> like and i totally didn't expect because any review that we kind of expect from the deck is like oh this is a great beginner's deck blah blah, blah. and then like i accidentally like woke up like at 4 30 this morning and it had just been posted and i was like crying yeah. in bed in the darkness like from this like precious review that yeah she and did. i think that the reason that it is so perfect is that it like sums up what our goal was with the deck really yeah. really perfectly yes and also kind of what our goal with the podcast is which is yes. like kind of being something that is like at least helpful slash entertaining to people who are brand new to tarot and to people who have been doing it forever yeah so it's just like it felt we f- I felt so seen. I know. And it was like, it was, for me, it was just like this deck for me, like I knew that we would, it would be an easy deck for beginners to pick up. But I was just like hesitant because like any sort of person who's been reading tarot for a while, if, because sometimes my fear is that people that have been reading for tarot for a while will like kind of look down on the deck and not see it as valuable. And yeah. so for me, for Amanda to kind of see it as something valuable to the community as a whole was really just special to me. She didn't say like, oh, this is just for beginners. Like, this yeah, like great be... beginner deck. Yeah. Although, it, I mean, the element of teaching was definitely in her review. Anyway, it yeah. was awesome. It, it was amazing. It felt so good. It felt so good. It was awesome. So thank you, Amanda, for that. That made yeah. me like, feel super special on a hump day. Like, yeah. it's just really rare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. So I think that Ten of Cups kind of reflects like the feelings that I'm having with the warm sake and the warmth from Amanda and the warmth with Holly. So Yeah, exactly. I love it. So Which excited. is fantastic because our cards or our questions this week are a little bit on the heavier side also. Yeah, we but... have some heavy questions, but and they're pretty big questions, but I feel like... That we never shy away from big questions. So yeah, it's kind exactly, of totally exactly. Us. For this first question, there's a little bit of a content warning because the question asker is asking about um, prior involvement with sort of ex-gay Christian organizations. Yes. That is not something she's still involved in, but still content warning just to be prepared. It's mentioned. <laughs> yes, just in case. So our first question for the episode is from Yvette, and they say, I was a leader in the so-called ex-gave movement. They were the women's ministry leader at Exodus and prior to a Christian think tank at Family Research Council in Washington, D.C. I renounced my involvement in this movement nearly 10 years ago, made amends where I could, and moved on with my life, which at the time was caring for my five-year-old daughter who had cancer and her older sister. 
Once Trump was elected and emboldened conservatives to discriminate against those who don't fit their idea of how people should be, I and others like me became more vocal about the damage trying to change people's sexual orientation is. I'm in a documentary on this subject that will debut at the Sundance Film Festival in January. Exciting! With renewed exposure, I will undoubtedly once again become the target of some people's wrath. Christians who hold to bigoted beliefs will once again accuse me of godlessness, and gay people who resent my past involvement in conversion efforts will say that I have no right to speak out. I am wondering what my role will be in dealing with angry people once the film is released. To ignore them seems callous. To engage with them seems as if it would invite fruitless disagreements. My second book is about to be released, so I can't disappear altogether. I'm also partnering with well-known LGBTQ Christian advocate to start a publishing company for LGBTQ books. I guess I'm asking what level of engagement with critics am I being asked to involve myself in? And what is my role in the movement to end anti-LGBTQ misinformation among people of faith and to help those who have been victims of the church to heal? I'm on the board of one such organization. So Yvette sent each of us a copy of her first book. Yes. So we have a little bit more context even. Yes. But I am so out of that world that I had never heard of. I mean, I obviously knew that there were like gay conversion. Right. Things, but I didn't realize there'd be like organizations that involved children. I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So abusive. Yeah. Uh, So how do we want to read for this? I think that her questions were Okay. So I thought their questions were pretty good. Yeah. Where they had asked like, how deep should they involve themselves in the, like with people who are having problems with it? Yeah, and sense. I think, I mean, I think that, Yvette, this might be something just for you to sort of think about on your own, like, who you owe responses to. Yeah. Because I think that the Christians who think you're not godly don't you're never going to responses. Yeah, you're never, you're never going to reach them. them. Like, legitimately, you're never going to reach them. Even in the Exodus ministry, from people that I try to talk to about even accepting lgbtq people within the paradigms they were just yeah. not accepting so you're never so gonna I don't reach think them you, yeah i don't think you owe christians who hate your like transformation out of that organization anything no <laughs> so we'll start by saying that i'll start by it's saying okay. yeah, because- also like for me and this might just be my own religious path but i always feel like if somebody accuses me of godlessness because i'm a pagan or whatever i'm like okay Okay, fuck yeah. You know, like uh, your parameters of what it means to be somebody who is like a good person doesn't apply to me. We're like in a really different place. So fine. I'm godless. It's fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, you know, have altars to all sorts of gods. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just coming out of that community, like especially the super conservative variety of it. Yeah. My perspective is coming from the super conservative side where they're all like Trump supporters. You're not going to convince them in any way. So it's kind of like you're wasting your energy on trying to convince them of a path that they're never going to be convinced of. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I know that people like just get really in their mindsets, but that's kind of the reason why it's like in all areas, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, that's the reason why it's just not really worth worrying about whether or not they think that you're godless. But I understand that responding to critics who come from more marginalized communities. Yes. um, And like where that would also be kind of like a ground where there could be some confusion. So I do think, yeah, we could talk about level of engagement with critics. Yeah. How to respond to them. And we'll just each pull two cards. Yeah. 
So we're going to first deal with like how to respond to them, correct? Is that what we're kind of going with? What level of engagement with critics am I being asked to involve myself in? I think that it's more of a passive position, okay, rather than like actively actively, engaging. Like when people come to you, how 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 much should you involve yourself yourself. with the criticism? Okay, God, what? What did you? (laughs) Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Why, 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 why? What's going on? Why are you laughing? I mean, what cards could come up for this that you'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> more about? I got the Tower and the Three of Swords. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because I got the Knight. I pulled three cards. Ha, 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 ha. Karma's a bitch. I have okay. rubbed off on you so fully. I'm kind of I proud. I got Knight of Wands, eight of, eight of Swords, and Death. So I took that as point, and especially with your Three of Swords and your Tower, just knowing what I know, it's kind of like just empathizing with their pain and like focusing on freedom, if it makes any sense. Because like you got focus- the Eight of Swords and the Eight of Swords of and Death, like that change, that freedom, that breaking Yeah, free. I think like emphasizing how much stuff has changed since that. And I think that probably yes. if people watch the doc, I mean, I don't know what your involvement with the documentary was, but if people watched it, they would likely see how yes. transformed you've been. Um, yes. So maybe that would kind of like allow I think that you focusing on how much stuff has changed yes and how much you have changed and empathizing with them like and how you've broken free from this these chains that because you are kind of in a special position where you've broken free from these chains from religiosity basically yeah and to me the knight of wands is saying like don't ignore it like address it immediately almost if that makes any sense yeah like, and just say like i was a different person then yeah, like I was a different everything person. has there was there's been yeah. so much upheaval and transformation since that time yeah i had to deal with all the heartbreak i had to deal with all the feelings of things ending and relationships ending and now i am a knight i'm moving forward i've like stepped out of my eight of swords wreath like yes I've addressed my three of swords pain and stuff is totally different now than it was before. Completely. And just like not even trying to make excuses for who you were just saying like, that's just literally not being honest and open because that's how kind of it, the, the, even the, you know, community as a whole has changed so much in the past 10 years. Like you have been able to change so much in the past 10 years coming out from that religious bubble and coming to the realization of who you are. Yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, you've written two entire books about your transformation. And so I think that you can honestly say like, I've ripped myself down to the very, very core of -hmm. who I am as a human being on this planet and had to rebuild myself. Yeah. That's one of the cards that I really love. And the deck that we're reviewing today, the tower is like signified with mushrooms. Yes. And I love that so much because that really emphasizes the regrowth that is possible through collapse. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of what is on my mind with the tower. Oh, I love up. that because that regrowth is so important. Yeah. Like showing that like from this moment where you were involved in the ministry and then now you as a person, there's completely like huge contrast between both individuals. And I think you showing that and displaying that will be helpful to others. Yeah. And, and empathizing with you and also seeing like that your story is valuable because some people maybe like you and in a similar vein where they like there was shame and things involved with them when they were in like this religious bubble and you're able to be helpful in Gosh, putting words to their story. In her first book, she tells this anecdote about how like she converted to Christianity after sort of living 
in the LGBTQ community and being an out lesbian, although she clarifies that she thinks bisexual is probably most accurate. And mm-hmm. one of her friends getting really sick from AIDS related complications oh. and his partner being like, you know, now that now that you've converted, you're doing nothing but hurting him and you basically can't see him anymore. Yeah. Which I understand that person's perspective 100 yeah. percent. And so I think that some of the fear that people are going to say your voice doesn't hold value here comes from that. Yeah. Of just like being like, you know, when you were involved with the ministry, your friends being yeah. like, no, we don't want your voice. Yeah. It was very hurtful. Like. Yeah. Right. But also and same, I completely yeah. understand where the person was coming from. Like, there's no question about that. But I do think that the fear of people still thinking that you don't have a right to speak comes from that place. Yes. But you have to remember how much about you has changed since then. Yeah. And that you're not the things that you're doing are not harming LGBTQ people in the way that that ministry was harming LGBTQ people. Yeah. Yeah. And you have transformed from that. And also you're involved with advocacy groups to stop that nonsense. And so Mm -hmm. you're already like taking steps forward. And that's what makes your story valuable is that you're not still entrenched in that. You are making changes. You're trying to increase visibility for issues surrounding it and all of those things. So even if you feel like your voice, like you're worried that people will still find your voice to be something that isn't needed your story has come really far from being somebody who was their friend Mm -hmm. to being somebody who was their enemy. You're not anymore. You're not involved with that. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, you got this event. I mean, yeah, you do the, just your level of like, like compassionate involvement with our Facebook group shows that you're like a different person. (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. And it's not like, I feel like everybody should just like blindly be forgiven for, really harmful things that they've done in the past, but you've already done all of the like penance basically. Yeah. You've made, you've you've started to make amends for that and started to kind of like re like retrace those steps and to like redo some things that you knew were mistakes in the past. So I think that's like a complete difference. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. You got this. Yes, you do. So Oh wait, what was was the other thing that we were doing? Uh, there was another question. And how to help. Oh, what is my role in the movement to end anti LGBTQ misinformation among people? I think already being on the board is probably helpful, but I think that like talking to people still would also be. Yeah, I think just kind of being open with your story. I think that's because that's to me with the cards are like, you know, being honest and open with your story. Like, don't try to hide yourself from that. Like, just kind of, you know, to me, that's just kind of what the cards have already indicated. So, yeah. And the role in the movement is the Page of Wands and the King of Cups. So being there for like emotional support and then also continuing to push forward, continue to explore different ways that your presence can help in this like anti, anti LGBT (laughs) organization. Yeah. And then, you know, make sure that you're listening to people and that you're hearing people and that you're supporting people in ways that you can. We love Good you luck, Yvette. Yvette. Yeah, thank you for trusting us, us with that question. That's yeah. so much. It is. My question is from Joe, and Joe says, uh, my question for you is with regards to a rather toxic friendship that I've been dealing with for quite some time now. 
The person I have a question about is super self-involved and rarely talks about anything but herself. In the past, I've tried being an adult about it and told her more than once that it's very exhausting to never get a how are you. Sadly, though, they're not getting the picture. The big problem here is that the person is a good person at heart. I am sure of this, but clueless when it comes to being a good friend. So my questions for my question for the tarot is what else can I do to show this person how to be a good friend for me? Or should I just cut my losses and be done with them once and for all? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I think that this would be a good uh, two path spread spread situation. The same thing. Yeah. Like sticking around versus just cutting your losses and leaving. And then if sticking around seems like the better option, how to how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So what would you like to stick around or would you like to cut losses? What would what path would you like to draw for? Uh or do you oh want to both would, or do we both want to draw for both draw for Let's both? both draw for both because I am a cut your losses kind of person. <laughs> okay. okay. And so I am worried that my own That your own stuff will come through. Yeah. Okay. Not super okay. worried because, you know, we do this all the time, but yeah, also do. I think it's better if we do it together okay that's fine i just want to check and make sure okay so we're both first we're drawing for cutting your losses stay. okay stay. yeah saying yeah we could let's stay friends let's do stay, stay friends, friends first. first okay only first pull is... one or two esther fine you can pull two <laughs> i can pull two okay yeah we'll each pull two okay are you going to stick to your own word? That's the, que- that's the question. <laughs> I know. many times I'm betrayed by like, oh, here's the third one that came out. <laughs> oh, what happened? Oh, what I happened? don't even know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's this Oracle card that happened to like flop out from a different deck. That was You know, I'm not going to tell you that that actually did happen, but okay, okay. I'll just use two. Okay. So first we're going to deal with staying. Yeah. Oh, um, Okay. That was interesting. Did you get two positive cards too? Kind of. I got the Knight of Wands again. I got the, the Knight of, of Cups. Oh, what? and the Ten of Pe- and the Ten of Pentacles. Okay. And I got the Ace of Cups and okay. the Knight of Cups. Okay, so we got two knights, basically a Ten of Pentacles and then Ace of Ace cups. of Cups. Okay, so I think that we will have to pull cards for how you can express how to be a good friend or how she needs to be a better friend because better friend. the or two ha- knights are very like you you could move forward with right, like with this intention. Right, and also but the Ten of Pentacles is like there is an established history there. Yeah. So you'd have to like really be able to start over emotionally and then you'd be able to kind of push forward with all that knight energy to keep being friends. Right. And I don't know if it's, like, necessarily, like, being a better friend to this person. Because it sounds like this person is, like, a bad friend to them. So I would say maybe, like, how to handle the situation with this person. Like, knowing that they're not going to probably be the best friend to you. That makes I sense. wonder if the knights also, though, are kind of, like, because knights are so action-oriented, I wonder, I wonder if the knights being there are kind of saying, if you offer up this Ace of Cups... Like, and also the remembrance of the established history with the Ten of Pentacles. If you offer that up and it isn't responded to, then, you know, being a knight and moving away from them almost. Well, let's see what, okay, so let's go ahead and just do the second path just to see what kind of comes up. Because the knights are kind of like, we don't know the context of the knights yet. So let's just see the second path and see what happens. Okay. This is, so this is Joe kind of like ditching the friendship. Yeah, cutting the losses. Cutting losses. So if Joe leaves a friendship, what happened? 
Just move away. That's what I usually do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, friends who live in other states. <laughs> That's not at all what she I She suddenly do. moved away from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, mine's interesting. What did you get? Okay, I got the Page of Wands in my contrast to the Knight of Wands. Uh-huh. Because I got the Knight of Wands the first position. This one, I got the Page of Wands, but also the Six of Cups. So I think there's going to be that longing for this friendship to come back. Like, yeah. there's going to be, like, this missing, like, you're going to be missing this if it's gone. And I got the Fool and the Eight of Swords. And so I think the Eight of Swords is really confirming how sad you, like, how kind of isolated you'd feel. Yeah. If you stop being friends. And then also the Fool in this context could really easily be, like, there's more than you know what's going on. Rather than doing the f- traditional Fool interpretation of, like, Starting a new thing, you could yeah. also really see it, especially in this context of, like, if you just leave, it's because you don't have a very full view of what's actually going on with the person. And yeah, it's more like feel a rash really decision. sad. Yeah, it's like a rash decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Between the both of us, the first position of it being, like, um, staying is the better position, like, outlook. If you this. can create if you action. Can if you can, create, like, yeah. sort of personify some of that night energy of, like, changing the way that things are going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So why don't we pull cards for how she can best, um, like, communicate the needs to With her this friend. person? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Communicating needs. Communicating needs. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I got the six Ooh. of pentacles. Okay. Which is like saying, like, you have to tell them that you need something. Yeah. Like, if that makes any sense. Like, you have to be upfront with them saying, like, I need this from you. Like, yeah. I am I am impoverished here. I am impoverished emotionally. I'm impoverished in this way. Like, I need you to give me something. Like, to me, that's what it says. Yeah. And then I also got the king of swords. So it's just, you're kind of like, I see the king of swords as like you're that emotionally stable person in the relationship and that you've kind of risen above their games, if that makes any sense. Like you're that intellectual, not only, I don't want to say intellectual, like smart, but you're that emotionally stable person that doesn't, isn't swayed so easily by someone else. Like that's really interesting. Let's talk about my cards because I think we may need to like maybe slightly reassess that. Cause I got the 10 of swords and the 10 of wands. So I almost feel like the king of Swords. swords Is saying that you're being too rigid about your expectations. Okay. Because there's all of these really heavy things going on in your friendship. And uh-huh. as we've talked about in previous episodes, the the dark side of the King of Swords, King of Swords. is being way too linear and yeah. way too like kind of objective and like like sharp. Yeah, too black and white thinking. Yeah, too much yeah, like exactly. if you're not on my side, then you're not on my side. You know, if you're in the gray area, you're not on the, in my side at all. Yeah, and if so I almost feel like that king could be more representative of that because okay. of these two cards that I got. And so maybe I think that you're right about the six of pentacles. I think that having a an actual conversation where you say like it's not just a smaller level of wands. Right. It's the 10 of wands. It's yeah, not like, just I a feel like I'm bearing number. the brunt of this friendship. Like, I yeah, feel like I'm yeah. carrying the load of this friendship. And I'm and maxed it's out. Exhausting like, there's me. no more yeah. that I can do. I'm completely yeah. maxed out. You have to take some of these wands and swords from me. Yeah. But that part of that conversation is that if they come back to you and say, you know, I am dealing with all of these really huge things, but I haven't wanted to bug you or whatever. The Knight right. of Swords needs to lighten up a little bit and say, yeah. or not the Knight of Swords, the King of King Swords of needs Swords. to lighten up a little bit and say, 
okay, rather than being so rational about this, like you need to be a better friend to me. And if you're not, you're out. You're out. Thinking about it in terms of like, okay, I can be less of the knight or the king. Why do I keep saying knight? Less (laughs) of the king of swords and saying like, okay, I need to maybe behave slightly less black and white, black and white, slightly less rigid about the situation. Especially because I I do think that like a lot of the times we want, we want to seem like we have our shit together. So we don't even tell our friends when things are totally falling apart. Yeah. And I, I have used self-centered to describe a lot of people that I super love and I don't say it with any judgment, but they're just like very self-oriented. Uh-huh. And yeah. almost always it's because after the fact you find out that they were dealing with a lot of stuff. And so they weren't even really aware that they were doing it. Especially, yeah, just if people are feeling like they're in a ton of swords moment or a ton of wands moment, they're just thinking like, how am I supposed to get to the next day? So yeah. if you can kind of like think of ways and also the six of pentacles in that context could also be like, you know, expressing that you've given all that you can and that you can't give anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then trying to be a little bit more flexible with her. If she's like, well, right now this is, I'm in this crisis moment or whatever. Yeah. That might be kind of the way to deal. Yeah. Is there hope hmm. for this friendship? I got the three of cups. Okay. So that's, that's good. There's hope for this friendship. It's just, it's going to take a little work. Yeah. Especially if both of you or if one or both of you are at, both ten of wands and ten of swords. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's intense, but I think like just using that communication and, and conveying like I've given all I can, I've given what I have to you. I am yeah. feeling this way. Like help me here. I want. Yeah. To be, I still want to be a friend with you, but I need some sort of like communication. Like, yeah, that you're, that you're wanting this too. Yeah, totally. Good luck, Joe. Yes, we love you so much. And if she, if this person is not able to change, then yeah, maybe revisiting the idea of cutting and running. I mean, the cutting and running was not like everything's going to be awful. It's just like you're going to be lonely and it's going to be confusing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And if that's what you would rather have than trying to work it out, that's fine. Like, choose that. It's fine. Yeah, if you say to them, like, I feel like I'm bearing all of this burden, and they're like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Just, it's better to be isolated. Just do it. Yeah, it's okay. exactly. <laughs> then it's way better to be isolated. Oh, my goodness. No kidding. I'm, re- I'm reading Night Circus by... Oh, yes, yes, yes. What, who's it by? Aaron Mort- Mort- Morton? Maybe or something. I I just remember Hermes Mirror and I think Carsme Mirror maybe loved it. Both of them. Yeah. Well, so my friend Sammy sent it to me. She's like, you need to read this. But I am halfway through. I really love it. But the weird thing is that so many of the characters are not ever interacting with each other because they're in this kind of like supernatural circus. So they at the beginning, it seems like they're having kind of consistent dinner parties, but there's still people who just don't talk to each other. And then in the part that I'm in right now, it's like. They've been on the road traveling with the circus and the illusionist is somebody that like doesn't ever speak to other people. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that isolation is what she prefers. Like other people from the outside are like, why is this person isolated? It's like, that's where I'm more comfortable with. Except for she also has some like dark secrets or something. I'm so excited to figure out what they are. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm just reading like a space romance. So I normally am doing that, but I really wanted to read Night Circus and also partially because people say that there's a lot of tarot in it. So far, there has not been that much tarot in it. There's one side character who like reads cards and occasionally they'll show up, but like 
So, for example, the most recent card time a card showed up, she's using a Terra de Marseille uh, deck. Okay. And and actually, this is kind of cool because the whole entire circus is like white and black and gray, like color scheme. Oh, okay. So and so like she has okay. one deck that's all white and gla- white and black and gray. And I'm like, Ooh. I kind of would like to see that. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then one just regular one. But she, she doesn't say which card it is that she flips over. She just says like the big angel. And so I'm like, what is it? Temperance? Is it the lovers? Is it judgment? Like what? I think it's earth? temperance. The big angel is always temperance because temperance the angel. But there is a big angel on other cards, too. It's not as right. big as Temperance. Temperance. Temperance is, is the, the biggest, biggest angel. angel. Yeah. That is so funny that that would be the one that I forgot. <laughs> I was, like, thinking that it might be Judgment. Maybe <laughs> Judgment, no. Because Lovers and um, Judgment are, like, half-bodied angels. Because Temperance is, I think, the only full-bodied angel. That's true. Damn, Aster, good job. You should read this book. <laughs> it's, like, 500 pages. I always save my really long books to the end of the year because my goal this year was to read 80. Yeah. And once I hit 90, I was like, okay, now you can read the Now you can read all the pages. long books. Okay. <laughs> well, see, like, I'm always intimidated to read long books because, like, when you get, like, 900 pages, like, on an ebook, because I do ebooks for the most part, like, it's really intimidating to be like, okay, I'm only, like, halfway through the book and I've been reading for a long ass time. But I won Wiser Books, like, giveaway last week. So I get Bridget and the Morrigan book and yeah. For Yourself. So I'm really excited to, like, actually have, like, I love that books. you won a bunch of books from Wiser. That is, I know. And that I you just, had to give them my address, I know. I, know. So I, was, I messaged Holly. I was like, Holly, are they going to have a problem with me giving them your address? Like, are they going to think this is a scam? Because Yeah, that I'm, I've been just... a scammer this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You've been, like, echoing two different voices, like, yeah, on this exactly. podcast the whole entire time. Exactly. What I if know. All of this is in my head. What if there is no actual podcast? It's true. But speaking of Wiser, you have a Wiser code for 33% off until the end of the year. So yes, why don't you tell listeners about that? And this is not a kickback. I'm going to, because we didn't like specify last week. This is not sponsored. Oh, no. This is not this sponsored. Is not but I'm just really stoked that people could get 33% off. And yeah. so if you want to do that, I'm happy to share my code. It's H-L-L-Y. So All like caps. my name without the O. Yeah. And you just go to Wiser Books website and just type that in and you get 33% off, which I, this is how I rationalized it in my brain. If you're buying one book, that covers the cost of shipping that one book. Yes. If you're buying more than one book... It's like an incredible deal. Yeah. Like I like I literally put like all three books that I won last week, literally. I put all three books that I won last week in my cart and I literally got one book free because yeah. of 33% off. So if you buy like three books, you literally get like one book free. Yeah, it's such a good deal. So thank you yeah. Wiser. And also like we said last week there are a lot of books that we're super into that are there. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait oh, for yeah. you to read that Morgan one and tell me if I need to buy it. I know cuz like cuz I've been like so interested in Bridget because like I've been like a kitchen witchiness and she's like the kitchen witch of like ireland and that's where my family's from so i've been like yeah. really interested in like ireland and then the my Morgan. godmother's name is bridget and that was supposed Aww. to be my name until the delivery room <laughs> until the delivery room yeah my mom <laughs> loved her nurse so much and her nurse's named- name was holly oh my gosh that's awesome that's Isn't a that so funny that's so funny <laughs> That's amazing. So I was supposed to, I can't imagine being Bridget, although I do. I can imagine you being a Bridget. Like literally like you are like a Bridget personality to me. My godmother Bridget Bridget is really, really, really cool. She's a total badass. When she, when my mom and her were in, she got married at like probably closer to 40, like late thirties. Oh wow. And so I was like, 
Yeah, especially in that era. Like, my mom got married at 24, and Bridget got married in her mid to late 30s. But she always wore all black and white, and, like, her house was all black and all white. And she seemed like such a badass. And then at her rehearsal dinner, she wore a brightly colored dress. And it was kind of like this beautiful symbolism of like shedding some sort of like rigid version of herself and being more flexible. Mm -hmm. And I, she's just the coolest. Mm. (laughs) And for Wade's paddle out for Wade's Memorial, she did the breakfast. Like she set up a tent on the beach and made all these mini quiches and brought coffee and pastries and flowers and all of this stuff to make it sort of a more official thing. It was so cool. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. She's awesome. Yeah. The funny thing is that she, my mom's maiden name is Layman and Bridget's okay. maiden name is Layman also, but it's the two different ways to spell Layman. Oh. So mom was L-A-Y-M-A-N and Bridget was L-E-H-M-A-N. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's so cute. Anyway, that's a lot about why I love the name Bridget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also the Night Circus is by Aaron Morgenstern. So I was getting all Very the right wrong. syllables, but in totally <laughs> different order. Morganster. I will just link it. I will just put it in our favorite things like basket on Amazon and we'll just link it in our show notes. Yeah, exactly. If you're interested. And also I am only 200 pages into it. It's 400 pages, but you should read it because it's cool. Okay. I'm probably, I probably will read it. I'll get it tonight. One of my friends, Goodreads reading rating is this book is a thing of incandescent beauty. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. We have other stuff to do. Do you want to talk about our deck of the week? Yes, let's talk about our deck of this of this week because we need I have feelings. Okay, so we're talking about the Herb Crafters Tarot this week, and the publisher says the Herb Crafters Tarot celebrates the handicrafts, tools, and time-honored folk skills related to herbs, trees, flowers, and other plants that share our, their gifts with us. This book and deck explores the relationship between herbs and how people use them for medicine, creativity, ritual, and spiritual guidance. It also considers herbs as archetypes and explores our partnership with the botanical realm. Herb Crafters Tarot is an engaging introduction to herbalism and plant spirit magic and can be used as a profound divinatory tool. So there are a couple of changes that have been made to this deck. Yes. The suits have been changed to the four elements. So as usual, swords are air, wands are fire, cups are water, pentacles are earth. The minor selection of which plants are associated with them is really systematized, which I loved having that, that was laid so out That so great. Me. I highlighted that in the book. Yeah. It's so... Cool. Like the book adds a ton to this deck. Yes. In ways that we don't always find, but the book adds so much, like including, we'll get to it when we talk about our favorite cards, but it's really awesome. So yes, the aces are all dooryard herbs or weeds. So just kind of like things that you would have spring up around you. The twos are plants that attract pollinators or feed animal friends. The threes are plants that are easy to grow. The fours are plants that are used for borders and hedges. The fives are plants listed as endangered by the United Plant Savers. Sixes, and so that includes white sage, which is a card that we'll definitely talk about. Sixes are abundantly producing plants. Sevens are ancient trees. Eights are root medicine plants. Nines are fruit trees. And tens are cover crops and composting plants. And the courts all represent the legacy of women healers. This is where I have to bust out my Spanish pronunciation, girlfriend. Let's see. Pages are hijas. Knights are adelitas, which is knights. Queens are madres, which means mothers, for those of you who have absolutely no Spanish background. (laughs) (laughs) And kings are curanderas, which means healers. And there are no human figures other than hands. 
Which serves to better highlight the plants and their rituals associated with them. Which I adore so much. Yes, exactly. So, same here. I really, really appreciated that. So, the author, one, the illustrator is a uh, sort of mixed racial Mexican-American woman. And so, I, you see a lot of the thread lines of her ancestral heritage in yes. things like those name changes for the court cards. And then also... Um, as somebody who lives in the Southwest, basically, there are a lot of plants that are mentioned that are things that are kind of like local here, but it's such a well thought out deck. And we'll get to that when we talk about our favorite cards that Mm -hmm. it never feels like it's leaning too heavily on one sort of closed tradition use of plants. Yes. It's very well-rounded. So yes, yes, yes. General impressions and vibes. Super well-rounded. What are your general impressions and vibes? Um, I I have used this specifically for my kitchen witchery stuff. Mm-hmm, like um, as focus for like intentions for the week necessarily or like for the practice that I'm doing as far as like cooking for my home and things like that. Like just every, like it takes plain everyday stuff and turns it into something more magical that I can focus my intention into. Yeah. Like totally. I think one of the first cards that I pulled with this deck was the star. And so I was able to focus my intention of making like ancestral, using the star as like healing, like ancestral lines sort of stuff. So what is the plant associated with the star? Oh, I forget it. You're <laughs> asking. The book. Sorry. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking I'm the putting book. putting you on the spot. <laughs> I know. Um, the, the sun, the star is cottonwood. So broken, your broken pieces contains a star of hope. Open your heart to grace and be generous with your blessings. Yeah. And then it's like, I, and I also, I'm just going to talk about the book because the general impressions, the book is amazing. The book is because so not, good. Because not only does it kind of like give you blurbs, it also kind of explains the background of why they chose this plant. Yeah. And also it gives you crafting with blah, blah, blah. So I like, loved that. I love I, any I love it so deck much. that has like ritualistic components suggested. Yes. And, and it gives you different options. Super achievable kitchen witchy yes. things. Not like, yes. It, like very complicated fire. Yes. Related things. Yes. <laughs> and like, so like with the star, you can either like there are like there there are three different like goals you could do. You can either break cottonwood twigs to discover the stars, take a contemplative walk in nature, and make cottonwood bud oil for joint and muscle aches. So there's like three different like achievable things that you could do with the specific plant. Yeah, or and some like of them infusing, are like using magic, and some of them yeah, are like, like using the energy. Yeah, of this plant. So I think that's really good where it gives you options in your kitchen witchery like way. So I really appreciated the way that they kind of even though it's like one page per card it's still a lot of information packed in so that much page information. and that kind of leads us to how we use it i also i leave it in my kitchen i draw one card at a time because i think that each of the cards because the book is so comprehensive mm-hmm. i don't really think i would use this deck to do extensive no. spreads no because for each card you really want to be able to dig into yes the meanings and kind of what's going on with that so i keep yeah. this deck i have a little spot in my kitchen it's underneath my like cabinet of herbs and it has all of my encyclopedia sort of like witchy plant stuff like scott cunningham's book and a bunch of other kitchen witch stuff that all is in there and this lives with that and so it's like perfect for that 
Yeah, I have a little stand with beside my like kitchen altar where I'm able to like. I before I got this deck, I just kind of like got had another deck and like drew the card. But with this deck, it feels like more meaningful. Yeah, makes any sense because it's like actually intent on what I'm doing in the kitchen at that time. Yeah, so I actually put this like deck in the kitchen, like tucked it in like a cupboard, and my husband found it. He was like, "Oh, hey, you've lost this deck in the cupboard." I'm like, "Actually, I just kind of put it there for a reason." Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's like a there on purpose. But but if you you pull more than one card i get overwhelmed with information like well and, and also every- all of the illustrations are super lush so, so it's not relying intent- on a, yeah. a symbol or a few symbols yes. it's like kind of a scene that's been set yes yes so like the illustration is not like one specific thing like like it can be like a flower but there's like so much intent put into the scene itself like it's just hard to unpack like if you yeah. do more than one card so yeah. i i specifically just use one card at a time for my kitchen witchery stuff so how many favorite cards do you have um okay so i started out with like think like 15 let's see one yeah two, i started three, out four, with five, 18 six. and narrowed it down to 13 so we're okay doing i have great. nine currently but i just like literally put three to the side as we were talking so <laughs> we're trying like, to not okay. be super overwhelming i know but i feel like we'll have a lot of overlaps between you and i yeah i think so too i think a good way to go through it also could be to like I still have mine separated in the order that the deck was in because so much of my choosing was based on the book also. Okay. Okay. So it might, maybe we should do major arcanas first and we could talk about our favorite major arcanas and then maybe read just like either a ritual or the thing that stuck out on the page the most. Okay. Okay, let me. Are you separate. comfortable okay. with that? Because yeah, I haven't. Yeah, 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 I yeah, didn't fine. prepare you at all. I yeah, you did not prepare you. me. Well, I will say that I trimmed this deck like almost immediately. Like, yeah. I'll post a video in our Facebook group oh, about fun. me trimming the dip. I'll just say verbally, if you follow the the backs of cutting the lines, the bottom you'll be like barely like grace like the bottom of that last word like um the curandera of fire like Damiana the herb there you'll barely like cut the bottom of that word but it's so it opens the picture up so much when yeah. you use those white borders so that's why I decided for me personally white borders like make me visually go bonkers like i can't yeah, i like it more than easily. a lot of other borders but yeah <laughs> so for me cutting up the off the borders kind of makes the visual picture kind of come alive more okay so, so separate out your majors and we'll just i start did separate from the out majors okay so first majors i kind of at first i will say i kind of at first had a problem with cannabis justice why because it had the declaration of independence Okay, it. but it's expl- – so I have one before so justice, that. Do we want to start yeah. in order or do we want to just jump to 11? Oh, do you want to do an order? Okay. Well, I can do an order. We could talk about cannabis. So well, the reason be- that I liked they- it – so there are two cards that I specifically wanted to read the whole thing for. And okay, that was okay, one okay. of them. Okay, okay. I think the explanation was necessary for understanding why the Declaration of Independence was pictured on this deck. Yeah. Well, and also, like, if justice represents in some, like, for you, it's come up a lot when it's, like, court-related, like, yes. official capacity stuff. Yes. So having the Declaration of Independence kind of makes sense in that in that sense because it was, like, the form formation of those, formation like, official of the laws, bodies. Right. But anyway, just, so... Yeah. The mantras for it, or the little, like, the short version is seek the truth, make informed decisions, consider the consequences of your actions. And uh, there's, like, a paragraph about kind of 
describing it. It says a mandala of cannabis lies on top of a copy of the Declaration of Independence written on hemp paper. Rich cannabis oil, salve, tinctures, and capsules are set out on display. Freshly wound thread rests near a jar of dried buds. Vitamin-packed seeds are scattered around the table. And it says, the personal is political. Clarity and understanding are necessary before making a decision. Until the 1900s, 75% of the world's paper was made from hemp. A campaign targeting people of color criminalized marijuana use and shifted popular opinion, leading to the perception of cannabis as a dangerous drug. The loss of a valued remedy for pain and mental illness, as well as a sustainable source for clothing and paper, is minor compared to the continued impact of the campaign, or sorry, the campaign has on people. People of color. The recent legalization of marijuana further complicates the issue. The unfolding story of cannabis teaches about imbalances of power. When life asks for your ruling, arm yourself with information from all sides, stand on the side of truth and fight for what is right. And the crafting suggestions are uh, create flags with messages of justice using hemp fabric, consider cannabis products for healing, do your research, talk to experts, make an informed choice. And claim responsibility for your actions. Record your commitments on hemp paper. Yeah. So I think this is why, like, you need to read the book alongside seeing the card. Because, like, I immediately, when I saw the the Declaration of Independence, I, like, winced. Like, oh, no. Like, why are they using the Declaration of Independence when it has been, like, so harmful for people of color? Well, the Declaration of Independence hasn't. The Constitution... Well, the Declaration of Independence doesn't even, like, focus on that, really. So I think that it it maybe is an important distinction that it's not the Constitution. It's just the, like, fuck you, England. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, it's it's more of, like, you know, all people are created equal, and then, like, the implication is later, like, except for, like, people of color. Yeah, that's true. But I think that the book mentions that so much that it's not, like... So I think, yeah, that's why reading the book is so important. I am happy that it's included because I think it would have been a real shame to not include cannabis at all. And I know oh, yeah, that yeah, like yeah. in the herbal tarot, which is an older deck from the nineties or whatever, the Amazon reviews rip it apart for including cannabis as one of the mm. cards. And it's like, it is a plant people used yeah. it for millennia before there was like oh, a yeah, criminalization yeah. of it. And because she focuses so much or they, the, both of the authors focus so much on, um, how it's impacted people of color, like yeah. specifically, I think that that makes the card like incredibly powerful. And so I'm able right. to see the Declaration of Independence more in that context rather than, I didn't even notice it was the Declaration of oh, Independence. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I didn't yeah. trim mine. So I was just like, okay, oh, okay. a piece of paper. Yeah. It says in Congress. Yeah. I don't know what this is. Yeah, for is. me, it wasn't like a <laughs> cannabis issue. It was more of like the Declaration of Independence. I'm like, do you know what the Declaration of Independence has done to people of color? Like, that was where I, like, I was automatically, like, flaring. And then reading their description of it, it became more of like a like a justice sort of, like, considering other yeah. Oh, the like, justice other card became more justice when you read about Super it? Super <laughs> justice Exactly. Like, it be- because, like, especially in our culture, we don't, like... That's not a consideration that immediately comes to mind with a justice card. So I think that what them mean, going... Which part of it? Like, as in, like, Making considering people of color. Oh, no, no, no. okay. Like, considering people of color's perspective and how they've been persecuted because of our systematic racism, basically. Yeah. And so I I like that the, this, that the description points more to that and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Sense. I just think it's a really strong card. Yeah. yeah anyway, so my much. first favorite major arcana, though, is Strength, would, because it's garlic, and it's a really pretty oh. card. A braided cluster of purple garlic rests on a cloth. Um, there's, like, a lot of... Because there's honey on it, too, there's sort of, like, the combination of the healing properties of Strength Ooh, with the sweetness stuff. Uh-oh. Aster. Where do you go? 
This is the most Mercury retrograde shit of the whole fucking world. Esther's power just shut off in her home. Uh, in the middle of recording. I thought she was mad at me about my opinions about this, the justice card. <laughs> okay. Hi, do you have power again? Okay, continuing with your favorite cards. Okay, so we just had a little power surge slash outage and we're starting hey, over. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Mercury Retrograde. Yeah. Thankfully, we've been doing this for long enough that we're not going to be we're totally not thrown, thrown off. by this. We're like, okay, fuck you, Hermes. Like, we'll just go on with what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that so loudly. Okay, okay I'm just sorry. Kidding. Fuck you, Hermes. We're just going to go on with <laughs> Fuck you, Hermes. <laughs> so what was I talking about? Garlic. garlic yes, yes, garlic. So the strength card is garlic, which I really love because I think that garlic is just the best. And they kind of talk about different components of garlic that make it so strong. And my favorite of the crafting with strength is sweet intensity and conflict make immune boosting garlic honey. Take it before a challenging encounter. So like focusing on the strength and the sweetness. Yeah. And it's just really pretty. Okay. So number two, my card is mugwort slash the high priestess and this is kind of like really special to me because korea is like filled with mugwort and um it's not really necessarily like a special herb like as far as like witchcraft goes or shamanism goes because in korea there's more like shamanistic practices like as far Mm -hmm. as that goes but it's like it's put into rice cakes and something that's like edible as far as like using it frequently if it makes any sense is it the same species as the one that they're talking about yes, here? Yes, I believe so. I know that's like a pretty common name. I believe name. so, yes. Because it... Because this is the one that goes into like tea and is a dream enhancer. Yes, and yes. Stuff. It's the same thing. Like okay. I could put this... On, I've put this on coal fire thingies, like incense burners before. And I've uh-huh. tried to see if it would like... Like you could... Like there's been rumors where you could like smoke it and it kind of like give you like woo-woo-ness but i've not experienced that before but this is the type of the same the same herb like there's a few that's there's a few a few different species that's grown here and the one that i've tried is this specific one that they've named oh cool awesome. so like so which is your favorite of the so crafting? i just really like it because like it's something meaningful like where like i've used this herb before and it's something that's really accessible to me like it's it literally kind of grows like a weed on the side of the road like i could literally like go up yeah in the med- totally medians. that's always been my experience yeah. with mugwort too i just feel like it, it grows so easily happy. and like it's yeah. amazing and like it tastes like some um some people who come to Korea and taste like rice cakes. They don't like mugwort rice cakes because it's very like herb tasting, but I actually, it's like one of my favorites. So, and not because of the witchiness, but just because it tastes good. So I really just, mugwort is really special to me. It's like, especially because it means like divine messages and dreams and visions. Like that's kind of like the basis of like the high priestess and mugwort. So I just thought it was like a really, really special um, meaning. And like, it was really well thought out that this was like a, high priestess card like if it makes any sense yeah yeah I saw yeah that. exactly uh my next major arcana is the hermit okay us nia i always called it spanish moss i'm pretty sure it's the same okay. thing um but where is it nine um they say that it's also called grandfather or old man's beard (laughs) and it grows on trees and it keeps the air clean Mm -hmm. and it's like mossy like dangly moss okay and i really like that because it oh it reminds me a lot of um just like childhood and stuff yeah and so i really like that but also because it's such a slow grower 
one of the crafting items is to keep it on your dashboard to remind you to slow down. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Yeah. I think that's a, like a really sweet way to utilize a plant in your everyday practice. Yeah. It's just like as, cause it's a dry thing. So you can just leave it there and it's just supposed to be, you know, sort of like chill, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. My next major archon is the Hierophant. Surprise, surprise. And it's cacao. And I just purely like this because the aesthetic on the card is gorgeous. You have, like, the woven yeah. pattern underneath as, like, the tablecloth. And then you have, like, a cacao ceremony on top with, like, a goddess statue and, like, different cacao bowls and things like that. So, to me, this is more of, like, an aesthetics card. Not necessarily, like, the meaning card. But to me, it's, like, the aesthetic kind of goes back to what the Hierophant actually means, if that makes any sense. Yeah, exactly. And especially because they, like, kind of clarify that it's, like more of a tradition that you'd need to be led through. It's not something that's open to everybody. So like you would need that higher font to sort of like lead you. Yes. And teaching you and learning from someone else, this ceremony, I think that was like a beautiful way to like culturally introduce cacao ceremonies and things like that. Absolutely. I already kind of talked about how I really love the towers mushrooms just because I really, I think that mushrooms are really, really cool in general. Um, Yeah. I really love them. And I love the idea of the plant being selected as something that is both destructive, but also nurturing. Mm -hmm. Um, And since this deck is so much about healing, I think that that's really, really relevant. Yeah. Now I'm done with my majors. Oh, really? Because I still have like two majors to go. Okay. Next major (laughs) for me is death because I think it's like an absolutely stunning card because it's like Dia de los Muertos. We'll see how Mm -hmm. my Tennessee and Spanish goes. And, like, it's just gorgeous and kind of just reflects the day and remembrance and, like, ancestral stuff and all things coming to an end and finding closure and accept a renewal. Yeah. And the card associated, or the plant associated is marigold. with it is So it's, it's just very, it's very, like, honoring of the specific day and the traditions that come with that day itself. And I just think it's mm-hmm. beautiful, especially since I've been, like, encountering more ancestral work. I think this just kind of, like, throws back to, like, the heart of that. So I just thought it was, like, yeah. gorgeous and the meaning behind it is just beautiful. And I am shocked, like shocked, Holly, that you did not pick the moon, like the Torah. Like I had so many. It was at one point one of them, but I had way too many. So cards. so it's just basically <laughs> the flower in the midst of like a dark background and like the the buds blooming at different points in their journey. And I just think that's like a beautiful symbolism of what the moon is. Like it's yeah, you growing it really through pretty. this journey of the moon and you're but it's like facing the unknown. Entering luminous darkness and opening your eyes to the night-blooming magic. And I think so many times we demonize, like, plants that are poised, like poisonous plants or plants that can be harmful instead of seeing, like, the light that they bring us and, like, the goodness that they bring in the darkness. So I just really enjoyed, like, the, the stark background of just a black background and then a white flower. It is so it's pretty. so yeah. pretty. It really is. And so that's the end of my major's. That's the end of your majors. All right. And so then the book is organized because they did this intentional, like the aces are weeds and, you know, door plants mm-hmm. or whatever. It's organized by with all the aces, then all the twos, then all the threes, et cetera, which is something that I don't see no. all the time, but I always really I like really it like when it's that. for this reason. Yeah. yeah. I really like the organization. So I have one ace that's my favorite and it's the nettle card because oh, nettles yeah. similarly to mugwort just grow like wild in my hometown like my parents backyard if left to its own devices would be all metals oh i love that there's like 
there's like a space where there is kind of like a little tiny grassy field yeah. and then there's like a fence and then it goes down into the river and the space between the fence and the river is like all nettles. Oh, wow. <laughs> and occasionally poison oak <laughs> or like a free range cannabis plant yeah. or whatever, but it's a lot of nettles. And so I really, really like that. And I like that it's kind of like it focuses on, so the meaning of the card focuses on how they, the beginning of how, how the beginning of a new project, like the Ace of Pentacles symbolizes, can be so stressful and painful. And that's kind of like what the nettles are too, because nettles are really, really, really healing. And they're, you can use them for a lot of different stuff, but they do have those little like sharp prickers that have poison. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. They're not nice. <laughs> So it's kind of like a good, it's good because it's both. It's like some health, one of the mantras at the top is health and wealth may begin with a sting yeah. or take the next step, even if it hurts. Wow. And that all feels so relevant with the ace of pentacles. And I love that Nettles was selected to illustrate oh, that. I love that. Do you have any aces? No, I have no aces. I do not have anything until the sixes. So you are free right oh, until perfect. the six. Okay. So then I also chose the three of fire because I love a calendula so much. <laughs> And I use it a lot. I have like several gigantic jars of it in my kitchen because it's really grassy tasting, but I think that it makes a really good tea. Mm -hmm. And for like salves and stuff, I made a bunch of cannabis salve last year and all of it had calendula flower in it also because it's so healing. So I really, really, really appreciated that. And also it's a really pretty card because it's like all of these calendulas, like all the different uses, mortar and pestle. Oh, yeah. That was so. It's just like so pretty. So, so good. Uh, One fun thing that I also noticed is that all of the cups cards or all of the water cards are like the herb being created into a drink. Yes, 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 yes. And so I also selected the four of water because it's mint, which is one of my favorite herbs. Mm -hmm. I love how like. It just grows like wildfire and you can't get it to stop and it takes things over. Um, but it is so pretty and it sets a scene. Like a lot of my favorites end up being cups because it's yeah, the scene scenes is so incredible like in this in the cups. Being outside, yeah. like having this yeah. beverage. I hate mint, um, so that's why I did not choose that card. You hate I, mint? I'm not a mint person at all. Mint is not my flavor at all. <laughs> and then I also wanted to talk about the five of uh, air, the white sage card, just because I know that this came up in our Facebook group mm-hmm. when this deck got brought up. People are really worried about these fives mm-hmm. because the whole idea is that they've been uh, listed as threatened or endangered with United Plant Savers, right. which is an organization whose mission is to protect the native medicinal plants of North America. Um, and so I just wanted to read from it a little bit so that people could maybe have a little bit of their concerns assuaged. Um, that it's like encouraging overuse because the entire point of the fives is that this organization is trying to right. There's a threat going on. So it says uh, long held beliefs may not be rooted in reality. Refuse to go along with the crowd. Believe the threatened oppressed ones. I think that I love last one that is the one. Key to this. So key. Especially because people see the five of swords as being kind of sneaky. And so if they're worried that this like indigenous plant is being marked up as being like sneaky it might have some associations with like native americans being sneaky but i think that the reason they chose the fives for that is that it's more about like like being careful with them for one reason or another not about the historical information but just the plant and the context of the plant and it's not anyway so it says a healthy white sage plant grows in a pot in a well-worn concrete doorstep 
The plant is small but strong. The home is old but well used, well cared for. A basket holds sprigs of the freshly harvested sage. Several leaves are wrapped into bundles with red string. The loose leaves will be saved for medicine. Nothing will be wasted. And it says, a spiritual crisis challenges long-held beliefs. <laughs> Though your conscience pulls at you, you are reluctant to let go of your opinions. Rise to the challenge. Accept the truth. White sage has become a trendy spiritual tool. It is sacred for many of the indigenous people of North America whose traditions are widely misused. Development and erosion also threaten the survival of the species. White sage is teaching us to protect what is holy. It rids the air of toxins, but is also a valued medicinal. Clear the path, listen to others, and make room for healing. Seek a solution that is beneficial to all. So good. And one of the crafting things is familiarize yourself with the origins of your spiritual tools, where the botanicals are grown, and where the practices come from. This is, like, so responsible. Like, so 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 responsible. And the other crafting, listen to the conservationists, support United Plant Savers' efforts to preserve this plant. And it's basically being like, yeah, everyone will tell you that this plant is the solution to everything, but think about it and know the history of it and know what's going on. And believe other people when they say that it's endangered. Like, that's, it's kind of like just, to me, that's kind of like just saying believe others, even though. Whenever somebody posts about it being like under threat or whatever, and other people are like, actually, that's a myth. Like, just. If people are saying, yeah, it's... It's a complicated issue, but just believe other people. And there are more, like, there are things that are open to us that are good solutions to not using white sage to yeah, cleanse like our spent spaces. Yeah. yeah, and I mean... But I, I like that, yeah. I also like that the image, it's not showing it growing wild yes. like some of the other plants are. It's a cultivated sage plant saying, like... Don't be somebody that goes on a hike and takes a whole bunch of yeah. it. Be somebody that just grows it in your... I just bumped my mic. It's okay. With passion. <laughs> with passion. <laughs> or don't like... like so enthusiastic. Yeah. But be somebody who... Like, cultivate it. Yeah. Like, if you want to use white sage in your practice because you think that it works best for your smoke cleansing... Yeah. Again, not smudging, which we've talked about before. This is going to be, like, our most political episode ever. Yeah, I feel we like we also it, talk yes. about Trump a lot of the time. Yeah, beginning. yeah, yeah. That's okay. We're fine. Sorry, not sorry. Not really anyway, sorry but yes... The if you want to use white sage, grow it. Yeah, or like buying responsibly from ethically sourced places. Like, yeah, there's there's ways to be able to cleanse your. Like, I posted my Instagram where like I've been starting to cleanse like via my stove top, like little boiling right. herbs. And that's well, the and way to cleanse your isn't even too. about that. Yeah, I think I think that that's why I like it. It's like specifically talking. It's not like how a lot of sort of more witchy things will be like. Some people use white white sage, but you can also use X, Y, Z. This is like specifically, you don't need to use white sage. Learn about the history of it. Yeah. Trust when people say it. Ask you not to use it. Like, it's just, I think that it's more comprehensive than just saying like, look at all these other options for smoke cleansing. Yeah. It's like specifically, it's specifically talking about this sage-y. and like addressing this, the issue. And that's why the book is so important because I feel like if you're not reading the book, you would just see that as the five of swords and you would have a really different interpretation of why it was included that way so i think that that's like one of the reasons why reading yes well like just like the justice card where i automatically like had my guard up because the declaration of independence was included with cannabis like same with white sage like you there are reasons behind the way that they chose the artwork you just need to really read the book first to be able to understand why it's there and the intent is there exactly so which six did you choose six of air the cattail which I is like I've loved that it was like questioning your assumptions because like the six of air of course like translates six of swords, which we know is like moving from a place of like harm to a place of healing. That's how we kind of like usually RWS like translate it. But it's like yeah. in this version, it's like questioning your assumptions, gaining clarity, and articulating visions 
and then supporting others and setting intentions for change. So it's not necessarily like moving from one place to another. It's actually like gaining clarity in situations. Yeah, totally. And I just like love the imagery of the feathers that are on the table itself and the cattail the cattails that are behind it. Yeah, like I've never seen a cattail in real life. Oh, really? Isn't that crazy. That is crazy. But every I've time seen I so see anyone times. on Instagram, like squeeze it, yeah, so that all they, of the everything fluffs up. Off. Yeah. I want to do that so badly. Yeah, but ca- you know, cattails are really good for the environment. Like it's talking about, it cleanses, it clarifies things, and yeah, so like I really love system. that like imagery where it's not necessarily like moving from a transition. It's not like a necessarily a transitional card, but it's actually like gaining insight to a situation that's deeper. Yeah. So I really just like the interpretation of that from the book. So. Yeah, and I really liked the six of water. That was the water card, or the okay. six that I chose. Because first of all, again, it's like a party. There are all oh, these yeah. cups filled with the, this like steeping tea. Um, but the six of cups normally feels so focused on nostalgia. It does. And this one is celebrate milestones old and new. Freely give, freely receive. And let your heart be comforted by the company of friends. I love six of, because we've, I think we've mentioned maybe once or twice before, like a lot of decks phone in the six of cups, like a lot. Yeah. Like that's like the it's one like a card. It's huge pet peeve of yours. It's really a pet peeve of mine because like, there's really no nuance to the six of cups. Like as far as like other people, they're like, oh, like, oh, here's six cups and ta-da, six yeah. cups. So to me, I really enjoy it when there's a different perspective of the six of cups. And this one kind of like put it out of the park as far as meaning goes, like the, yeah. The meaning itself kind of goes deeper, and I really, like, appreciate that. Yeah, I think so, too. We haven't had as much overlap as we thought we were I know. To. I'm surprised so far. What okay, seven I don't have any. Choose? I did not choose any sevens. I have not chosen anything until we get to the Ihas. The Iha. Okay, I have a seven. I chose seven of air, which is eucalyptus, and I thought you'd choose this one because the seven of... Swords, swords is, is like a my card, card that we yeah. think about a lot and i really love the definition that they selected for this i also love eucalyptus i have three gigantic <laughs> eucalyptus trees on my property yeah and when I, in the house i grew up in the road down to the river was lined in eucalyptus trees oh. like they planted them in the 1800s they're like you know, super tall, very dangerous in a fire because they're just oil <laughs> factories, but uh, still. So eucalyptus, I really love, and I love their definition of the seven of swords, which is trust and reason. Do not be swayed by popular opinion and respond with integrity. Yeah. And I really like that because they've, and then in the crafting with the eucalyptus, they focus on the scientific method, like seek the answers to your inquiry using the scientific method. And it takes away all of the sneakiness of the seven of swords and adds into that information, thoughtfulness, like, you know, thinking things through thoroughly. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the cards I put to the side because it was like, I mean, like I was like at 16, I was like, okay, I got to weigh this down for the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I also really liked the eight of air, but mostly because I love licorice and also the image is so pretty. It's like the garden gate. I wish you could see my face right now because I hate licorice. So, Oh, I freaking love licorice. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Uh, okay. And then what's your Iha? Iha of water. Selection? Of water. Because, like, I couldn't remember when I was first looking through the deck if I liked the Iha of water or the Madre of water more. Like, so that was my problem. Like, I was like, well, so I can choose both. It's fine. <laughs> so the Iha of water is, like, chamomile. And I'm yeah. actually not like a – okay. I'm – I'm like the antithesis of like a kitchen witch. I'm not a tea person. Tea is fine. I like coffee you don't more. Have to be a tea so person. tea is fine. But so so to me it was like chamomile, and it's the scene of like a child 
with an adult being helped pouring a cup of chamomile tea, looking out, like, across, like, their yard in a house. Yeah. And I just liked it because, like, it was, like, like a tender heart, big dreams, and then calming your spirit when emotions run awry. Yeah, So I just thought that, that. like, chamomile is just, like, it's not my go-to herb, but, like, you can see the embodiment of the herb so plainly in this meaning, if it makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love it. And I chose the California poppy because I'm a Californian and I'm obsessed with the California poppy for a lot of reasons, but also because I really like that they're like, that is the playfulness and enthusiasm of a beginner. There's like a stuffed tiger on it. Oh yes. And the stuffed tiger, my brother had a stuffed tiger named tiger baby. Oh my God. That's adorable. (laughs) And he tiger baby had like four different sets of eyes over the years, but I just love it. Just this, the combination of the tiger and the poppy Mm -hmm. just reminds me so much of my childhood. Yeah. And I love, I've never really felt that connected with the page of wands before. Right. But the Iha of fire, I'm like, yes, I am into it. I love this enthusiasm. I'm excited to go through joyfulness, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So I really, really am a big fan. I of can't that. say how much like I really love the renaming of this to be like healing positions. Yes, and I I was going to talk about that when we started talking about my last favorite card, which is the Curandera of Water, because uh, the idea of the king being the healer, oh. I feel like could really resolve a lot of people's issues. Patriarchy with the issues, yes. Because it's like the Madre is like about love and about support and all those queen things. Yes. And then the Curandera is like about established traditions of healing. Yes. And so it's just so positive. Yes. And I'm into it. Yes. I am so (laughs) into the renaming because like as we've we've been like very um, open about like our issues with the patriarchy translations like in yeah. our DBS like system, emperor, emperor yeah. kings, sometimes the knights can be a little bit patriarchal sort of things. Like we've been open about like the hierophant sort of stuff, but this like perspective really adjusts things in a way that like it's very healing. So if yeah. you have issues with like we have had with the patriarchal like paradigms like preventing you from being able to understand yeah. stuff, I think this will would help you immensely. Yeah, and I like the idea of the healer not being, it's like, it's both intuitive, but also based on structure. Yes. I think that that's like, because isn't the healer the queen in Mesquite Tarot? Uh, let me, wait, I have Mesquite Tarot right here. Just a second. The... So like, that was one of my first in- interactions with be- having the uh, suits renamed in that, or the yes. court cards renamed in that way. But I actually, and so that was kind of what I was expecting when I first saw that the healer was the king. I was like, huh. But then when I read their reasoning behind it, it made so much sense, and I absolutely love it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I think the, I want to say the leader is the queen. Just a second, I'm, I'm flipping through. I think leader is king and healer Okay, student queen. is the page novice is the knight let me get the last one nowhere is the queen nowhere is the queen and leader's the king nowhere yeah okay okay i wonder what deck i'm thinking of well it doesn't matter (laughs) did you have any madres before we start talking about our i do have i I have an adelita of earth which is the yuka the knight oh yeah i totally forgot about the (laughs) and i chose this because i thought it was interesting that just a second let me let me flip to the adelita 
Just a second. Where's the war? They, I like that they call it the warrior, not necessarily the knight, the warrior. Because I think yeah. warrior takes on a better um, thing. So the Adelita of Earth is the yucca plant, which is put a new spin on old traditions, ground your spirituality in practical ways, and honor your ancestor, honor the land. And I thought it was really interesting that it's like the cross of Bridget that she's making. Yeah. Even though it's like a like a Spanish tradition, she's making a cross of Bridget, which I think kind of goes across like where lots of things are under like lot creations are across cultural barriers so that makes any sense like yeah and that's what they say she creates a bridge between her ancestors and the ancestors of the desert by weaving a bridge's cross a sacred symbol of her celtic yes so i just thought it was really like beautiful way because like it's an adelita and yet it's a bridge's cross as well like it's it's kind of combining both heritages into one card i thought it was really beautiful so it's super pretty. I just thought that do was. Do you have any madres? I do have a madre, a madre of water, and that's because I just thought it was so gorgeous. Like where the she's just enjoying the cup of coffee or the cup of whatever yeah. she has in front of her before she starts her day. Like that's how I kind of envision yeah. this cup. The madre of water is oats, and it's like a very like a soothing. It's an ex- releasing anxiety and it's opening your heart to an intuition. And so I think like it definitely follows like how I envision like the queen of cups, like she knows internally who she is and she's, she's settled in herself. Yeah. And so I just think it just beautifully goes and, um, with things. And I also love that, like take an oatmeal bath to nourish the body. And that's like one of my favorite things in the world, even though I'm like in Korea and baths are almost non-existent. Like an oatmeal bath (laughs) is like my perfect day. Like, and so like, like I am in like, so like, I just really love the embodiment of this queen of cups and how, like just in, intuitionally, she knows herself and she's settled and she's pleased. Like that's yeah. how I envision her. So I just really totally. enjoy her. Okay, awesome. And then my only curandera is the curandera of water, and it's seaweed. Oh yes, 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 yes. That was one of the ones I threw away. <laughs> and it's such a pretty image. Yes. It's like a bathtub overlooking the ocean. They're pouring water yes. into it, and the healing component of this is like very, very, very clear and also just looks like a place that I'd want to hang out yes 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 so and the crafting is uh both things you can do if you live near the ocean spending time spend time watching seaweed in the ocean wade in and let your body feel the rhythm uh but also things like strengthen your bones snack on kelp and eelgrass um or take a seaweed bath at home to restore your connection with the ocean and I just really love that and kind of like the ebbs and flows the king of Cups is the king that I like the most, mm-hmm. but I still really felt it healing to read kind of the don't live in the shallows, live in the depths, strengthen your bones in the ocean's ebb and flow, rock gently on the water, heed the siren song. It's just so pretty. Yeah. My Kudendera is the first card that jumped out at me as like being my favorite card of the deck, like the whole deck. Oh, really? And it's the Kudendera of fire, the Tamania, Tamania. I've never heard of this herb before in my entire life. I, maybe it's like a flower. It's it's questionable because this card has like many flowers on top of the altar. Demiana. Demiana. Oh, it's yeah. like loving yourself, like all of this self-love infused into this card. Like loving yourself, indulging yourself in sensual bliss and coming home to pleasure, power, and passion. It's kind yeah. of like finding yourself. Like this is like the card that's like finding yourself. Oh, this yourself. is the self-love one. Self-love. Yeah, totally. Like it's like totally Passionate embodies self-love. self-love and self-passion. Indulging yourself and delighting with who you are. And people will be drawn to you because of you delighting yourself. 
And your counsel bling, brings pleasure and inspires to direct action. So it's like when you love yourself, others will be attracted to that. And I just love, yeah. like, and, and for me, it was like the imagery on the card first because I just love the, I love the picture of like the aged hands on the altar doing yeah. things like and working and then it being turned into like a self-love was just like where i'm at right now so good it was yeah, so totally. so so good so i love it all right do you want to pull cards for our relationships with the deck? after like the longest Finish review of the, i mean I, th- I really do think this is the longest review we've ever done like we did like books. the muse tarot was pretty long but i think this was like the most in-depth i should say like probably in yeah depth. because there's so much book information yes. that we wanted to include too because the book is really vital to your understanding of this deck yeah, and the decisions behind stuff, which I would kind of expect it to. I feel like this is a thing that could help you learn herb crafting. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You like using herbs in your kitchen, like if you have accessible, like, or if you're, if you have herbs that are accessible to you, like learning herbs, this yeah. would be a perfect deck for that. It's true. And you don't even have to have all of them, but oh, like no. if you have one that you specifically like, even if it's chamomile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just pull the chamomile card and just kind of practice with it. Like, just use it. So now we're pulling for our relationship. Oh my gosh! Yay! What did you get? I've not <laughs> got, even pulled yet. What did you get? I got my most recent favorite card. Oh. The Kudandana of Water. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the King of Cups, basically, right? Yeah. Aww. That's so warm and fuzzy. Thank you, Deck. Okay, the second, let me I get to it. seven, per usual. I feel bad for my the Patreon readings I've been doing is because, like, I will try to count to seven, and it'll be, like, six. Or it'll be, like, eight. And I'm, like, shuffling for five minutes. <laughs> Okay, three, three. Four. I shuffled a lot too, so I'm so happy that card. Okay, came I got the three me. of Earth with this raspberry. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, well, I like talking about that one too because in the book they talk about how they selected it because it's about how that sort of thing is so much more fun when you're working with a group. Oh, where it's like something that's kind of a boring task. Yeah, because you have to be low to the S- ground. Savoring simple pleasures. I really like that yeah. because that's how I'm kind of like approaching this deck. It's like a simple pleasure. My everyday yeah. life is like practice. Oh, thank you, Raspberry. That's so fun. I love that so much. Awesome. All right. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to. Oh, wait. Next week we're doing creative, the tarot. creative tarot, which we told you we were going to do last week. We're still planning on doing that. I can't wait to talk about it with you, Esther. Uh, but that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which you can submit your questions, which is very helpful. Yes. And also tell your friends about us and write reviews on like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And we would really appreciate it. It helps us like. You're frozen. What are you saying? Did your power go out again? God damn it. Okay. Esther's power went out again. So I'll give her last points. <laughs> Um, if you rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, it helps people find us. It's just like the way that algorithms work. Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram at wildly tarot podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for wildly tarot podcast on Facebook. You can also support us on Patreon. We totally would love your support. We appreciate it a ton. And remember go forth and tarot wildly this week. And also pray for Esther to have more functional internet for next week's episode. All right. Love you. Bye.